Hey, this is Joe Castiglione, and you're listening to Not Another Sox Podcast with Matt Caval, Matt LeBeau, and Jack Webster. Can you believe it? I just came to say goodbye. I'm in the corner watching you kiss her. Buenas noches, amigos. I am Jack Webster here with Matt Galveo and Matt uh, LeBeau. Gentlemen, how you doing? Pretty good. Pretty good. Um, the uh, the offseason is uh, in full swing here uh, now that the World Series is over. So, uh, yeah, we got a, a few months here uh, before pitchers and catchers report. So, um, yeah, ready to uh, you know break down some of the offseason uh, news and notes that hit us in these next few months. Yeah, feeling good, getting ready for the offseason. Not the dog days yet, so um, enjoying it while it lasts. Uh, getting dark early, not like that. Um, but uh, but yeah, gonna have a nice nice show of, uh, of maybe some predictions, maybe what we would like to see happen. Um, you know. That's a uh, yeah the off season a little bit. That's that's great that you bring that up that it's getting dark early because uh, I haven't heard that yet at all. No, no, no. Um, I'm sure everybody's on board with daylight savings. No complainers. No. Yep. Yep. That's like the that's like such a big office topic. It's just like hey, it's getting dark oh, it's, out early. It's the water cooler low hanging fruit for <laughs> exactly. sure. Exactly. Yeah. It's like if you're like talking to a girl at a bar and you're nervous. It's like the weather and that it gets dark out early, and that's. <laughs> yes. and, and then you go back to be depressed. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Seasonally but, uh, depressed at that. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Well, Jack Jack's coming out of the gate swinging with his background there. Yeah, if you're watching on the YouTube channel, uh, you will see um, our newest post of Marcus Semyon. On the Red Sox here. Uh, if you haven't seen it, check out our Twitter as well. Um, I mean, he's probably going to end up finishing third in MVP voting in the American League behind Otani and Vlad this year. I mean, uh, I think he fits perfectly with the team here. So out of all the guys, I know they need pitching. They're going to get pitching. But I think this guy is going to be a uh, potential, you know, good free agent landing for Boston. Yeah, so I guess uh, we could jump right into it uh, just with some of the uh, Red Sox news um, from this past week. Um, um, obviously, first off, Garrett Richards and uh, Perez, um, they're uh, set to be uh, free agents, so um, they'll be hitting the free agent market here uh, for the Sox. So it uh, looks like they'll be going uh, elsewhere um, in the offseason. Yeah, uh, no no, no issues there for me, no complaints. Um Definitely not too upset to see them go. Obviously, Martin, you know, a fun guy, very likable guy. Definitely enjoyed him being here, um, but just not good enough to pitch at this level uh, on a consistent basis. So not going to miss Martin. Definitely not going to miss Garrett Richards, although he gave some pretty valuable innings out of the bullpen um, down the stretch. Vasquez, the option there, exercised, really like that. And then most importantly, J.D. opting in. Um, really like that as well. So, yeah, a lot, a lot happened, but um, all things that were kind of expected. Yeah, I don't know if I was definitely a hundred percent expecting the JD uh, opt in, but 
definitely a pleasant surprise there for sure. Yeah, because uh, JD once he signed that uh, that that deal with the Sox, he had what three opt out uh, clauses in that, and uh, he never used one of them. So he stayed yep. the entire uh, his entire contract. I'm not too surprised that he opted back in, though. I know there's some rumors going around that he might opt out, especially with uh, the National League most likely adopting uh, the DH next year. But, I mean, $20 million out there for, you know, just another good year. He can make that again if he hits the free agent market, especially if there are more teams available out there to sign him to. Yeah. And this will be a walk year for him. I mean, you're getting, you can expect his very best. Um, so that's good for the Red Sox. Good for JD. Hopefully he gets another big deal somewhere if it's with the Red Sox. Um, that kind of leads me to, to what the first thing I, I feel that like they should do is definitely retain Schwarber. And the reason is because that'll be a nice bridge to the DH for the coming years. Um, for 2022, I think they can find a spot for him, you know, plug and play a little first base, a little outfield, a little DH, um, you know, mix and match. Some guys are going to get hurt. Some guys are going to need days off. I think there's plenty of, of playing time to go around. And then in the playoffs, he'd play first, ideally. So, Schwarber Yeah, I mean, Alex Cora is the perfect guy to, you know, get uh, every guy there at bats there, especially somebody that's playing every day like Schwarber. So he's probably not going to, if he does come back, he's not going to have, like, you know, to find, oh, you're playing first every day or you're playing left every day or DH in there, he's, you're going to see him all over the place. Yep. Right. Um, yeah, like you said, LeBeau, uh, definitely a perfect bridge to, um, you know, an eventual JD exit if he does choose to do that, um, you know, uh, following next year. Um, also, uh, Eddie Rodriguez, and um, you know, he, he got extended the qualifying offer. He has had interest uh, from other clubs, um, I believe notably the Angels, um, have some interest in him uh, bringing him in. So uh, what do we got for thoughts on uh, on a potential Erod exit? Yeah, well, I mean, the Angels should be in on every single pitcher that's out there. I can't remember the last time they had anybody decent that they didn't trade away here. So I feel like we hear their name on a pitcher every single offseason, so I'm not too worried about them. Um, there's a lot of teams that are going to be interested. I actually wouldn't be too shocked if he accepts the qualifying offer, though. Uh, you know, who knows what's going to happen this offseason. He comes back for one more year, or I think he's only going to be in his age 29 season, and then uh, able to test the free agent market again. So I wouldn't be too surprised if that ends up uh, being the outcome here. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, at this point, I would like to see him, uh, I, I don't want to say almost like to see him walk, but I think I would prefer him walk and then be replaced with, you know, another pitcher, maybe like a, a Rodon or um, you can maybe get a little more spicy, maybe like a Verlander or something like that. Red Sox are going to sign a starting pitcher. They just have to or acquire one from maybe Oakland or something like that. Um, but Eddie, I mean, I, I feel like the Red Sox and him are both kind of in a win-win situation. Eddie makes $17 million if he accepts the qualifying offer. Red Sox get a one-year deal from a, a guy that they know is going to probably get close to 200 innings. Um, and, yeah, I mean, it's good good for both sides. I would like to see him walk, though, because the draft pick compensation would be good. You know, and you can replace him. So that's the thing. Exactly. Or you don't have to worry about uh, signing a guy with a qualifying offer because then it essentially offsets itself. 
Right. That's why, like, a Rodon is the first guy that comes to mind. I know that's, like, you know, talked about a lot, but he didn't get a qualifying offer. So he's mm. just, you know, he's not going to require draft pick compensation. So uh, that's a that's a very good trade-off. If you can not only get the pick, but and, you know, get a guy like Rodon, who had a good year last year, sub-3 ERA, threw a no-hitter. Um, you know, I, I would love love Carlos. That's yeah, Clayton Kershaw, also no qualifying offer guy. Um, that would be something to doing? see him in Boston, though. Yeah. How you yeah. doing? <laughs> <laughs> and also, uh, I know, LeBeau, you brought up the uh, the Verlander um, situation as well. I mean, I know the Red Sox were um, at his workout here in uh, in Florida. So, um, you know, that, that'll that be an interesting, you know, a guy, obviously a veteran um, quality pitcher. Um, you know, he's coming off uh, Tommy John, I believe. So, um, I know he missed all of this past season. So, um, yeah, that definitely would be interesting, would be spicy, like you said, uh, to bring in a guy like Verlander. Um, so it could be a guy that, um, you know, could be added to this rotation uh, in 2022 and, you know, kind of bolster it um, and, and get that uh, that added, you know, starter that the Sox do need. Yeah, I would say if out of the three, right, the three big names, Kershaw, Scherzer, and Verlander, and there's a bunch of other starting pitchers that are very, very good, the Strowmans, right. Rodons. But out of those three, the three guys that are probably going to end up being in the Hall of Fame someday, almost definitely, the the best chance I would say the Red Sox to have signing one of them is going to be Verlander. Um, you know, one-year deal. I can see, like, Verlander kind of being that, um, being that guy where – he does pitch into his 40s at a high level, um, you know, kind of channeling like his inner Tom Brady a little bit. And um, and yeah, I mean, I would really like to see it. But I mean, at the end of the day, it's probably not going to happen. But uh, it'd be cool. Uh, Kershaw would be a disaster pitching in Boston in the playoffs. <laughs> that would be just a horrible disaster. Plus, you already have a left handed, you know, front line starter in sales. So, yeah, no out on Kershaw. Scherzer would be cool, probably too much money. I picked Verlander. No, Verlander is the one that makes you know the most sense. You wouldn't have to sign him to a long-term deal. Uh, maybe even just like high annual average for one-year bounce-back deal at you know twenty-five, twenty-six million, depending on you know what his availability is at for teams. And you know you kind of just take that gamble. Wouldn't mind seeing Kate Upton at Fenway. Sup, or like Kate Supton. <laughs> good one yeah <laughs> thanks man no that was my first joke i think we also need to talk about how you can look up justin per uh justin verlander's penis online too so i feel like that is a uh very that is a factor he has above any other free agent on the market right now well we made it uh about a little over 10 minutes through the show with without talking about dick and Last time it was a little longer because the Jerry Remy eulogy, but we yeah, did yeah. talk about penis in that one as well. That this, was this, the, this one's this one's a lot more appropriate. I do Tony think a lot of people appreciated Tony the Tiger. I think that was a big hit. Yeah, I yeah. think it was too. Well, yeah. I, I we'll have to get learned, him on at some point. Yeah, I learned a lot about that whole thing. I I read the article that Jack sent. Yeah, uh, he sent it in the, in the group chat after, and uh, very very interesting read. Um. Yeah, that pretty much sums up social media these days for sure. Yeah. Uh, but no, I did. I uh, bringing up another picture that you mentioned, LeBeau, uh, Marcus Stroman. 
Um, obviously, pitch for the Blue Jays knows the AL East. Um, could be a really good ad for the Sox. Um, you know, knows the division has pitched against these teams before. Um, could be a really good ad for this uh, Sox lineup in 2022. Yeah. Oh, I mean, if anytime you can add a guy that electric, that's always a, a good thing. Um, you know, I think he's a little inconsistent. I think he'd be a pretty good fit. Number one, like you said, he knows the division exceptionally well. And number two, he fucking hates the Yankees. Yep. So <laughs> I think that that's pretty much, you know, all the prerequisites you need yep. to pitch in Boston or play in Boston at all. So I'd love to see Stroman. I think he's the first guy when when we talked about free agent pitchers that actually came to my mind um, of like, you know, a good balance between not too old, not going to cost $30 million um, and, and a guy you can trust. So I'd love to see it. No, I, I think he would be a very good fit for the team. Like you said, the energy that he brings, fucking hating the Yankees as well, is an excellent point. Uh, my only concern would be he's very much ground ball pitcher, and especially on that left side of the diamond in terms of defensive runs saved. Uh, Bogart's endeavors aren't going to really do you too many favors. Uh, you know, they might make some great plays. They might bobble a few of them there. So depending on who's on the right side, too, that, uh, you know, could lead to some runs that probably wouldn't have scored before. You kind of saw that with Eddie this year, too. He was given a lot of, like, uh, singles that were just kind of past infielders. They weren't necessarily rockets. So that would be the one thing I'm concerned about here. But I think the numbers would still be good. Mm. Oh, exactly. And uh, he w- he was tweeting about the Red Sox during the playoff run, I'm pretty sure, wasn't he? Yeah. So, yeah, a lot of tweets. A lot of, uh, you know... A lot of ball could be a good fit. Could be a good fit if he likes the city. Um, yeah, going on to, uh, I know Jack, um, obviously, you know, we addressed this uh, right when we started, but uh, Marcus Simeon, um, tell us more about that. Um, you know, could be a good fit for the Sox here as well. Well, I mean, uh, from everything that it sounds like, even just beyond Marcus Simeon, it sounds like they're going to be in on that shortstop class or in on that second base class, depending on, you know, where they want to move Bogarts or if they want to move them at all. Um, so I could come in on a few guys. Who, I mean, like I was saying earlier, Marcus Simeon does make a lot of sense as well. But even a guy like Trevor Story, who might be willing to move over to second base or maybe not like the Carlos Correa's or Corey Seager's of the world, but I think there's some other good shortstops that are available out there right now, either via free agency or even a, maybe a trade. So um, that's an area where I definitely see them making a move. Who that might be is, you know, kind of uh, throwing a dart at the board right now. But um, I, I think that's an area where they're going to improve. Yeah. They they definitely have to do something middle of the infield, whether it's moving Bogarts off the shortstop position and getting a shortstop like a Correa or, you know, a Seager. I don't see Corey Seager coming to Boston, but um, but like a Correa, obviously there's a fit there. You know, Cora, um, right-handed bat, Fenway Park. Um, or it's maybe like getting a guy like a Simeon or a Chris Taylor, where, you know, I think Chris Taylor is like, really, if you were to make a current modern Red Sox player in a lab, I actually think he'd be like a perfect fit because he can play like six different positions and he seems like a very coachable guy, a likable guy, and he can swing the bat. So I think there's a couple of good fits there, but Marcus Simeon, he does like strike me as just, just a guy that probably like, 
he just strikes me as a guy that should have always been with the Red Sox. Right-handed power. You know, he, he just gets dirty. I really like him. He was good with Oakland. Went under the radar there. Blossomed in Toronto. So, um, I, I would I would love to see Simeon. He's going to cost a lot for a second yeah. baseman, though. That's the only problem. Yeah, 45 bombs last year. That's a lot. Yeah. People might say that's pretty And it's good. all pull power, too. So, like, the monster's going to do him favors. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, <clears throat> but one guy that you had mentioned, Jack, was uh, Trevor Story could be a guy that, um, you know, could play that second base position now. Um, obviously, I know he's a shortstop, but, um, you know, I know there's been talk about, you know, Bogarts down the road potentially moving to that, um, you know, second base spot, um, which could obviously open up that shortstop position. Um, so, and I know there's been a, there was a lot of talk at the deadline last year with Story, um, you know, potentially moving somewhere. So, um, you know, that could be obviously an option, um, you know, for the Red Sox. Um, good young player. Um, obviously, he's got a good bat and, um, you know, just an excellent, uh, excellent baseball player. Yeah, I think uh, Story would be willing to move to any position to actually be on a contender at this point. Right. I think he's just absolutely done with the Rockies, and rightfully so. Get his ass out, uh, out of Colorado. Exactly. So he might end up being one of the guys where, um, you know, it's almost like musical chairs where there's so many, so many positions to fit for so many shortstops and teams that need it, where he might end up, uh, you know, saying that he's uh wants to move over to second base or third base depending on the team and their needs so um we'll see you know if he's open to that or if bogarts would be open to moving to second base this year because i don't think that's in his immediate plans but it's still something that you know um he mentioned is on the table for the future yeah i, I mean if if bogarts is open to moving to second base that opens up a lot of options uh, I just it kind of doesn't sit right with me. I mean, I think like I, I part of me likes to consider Bogarts as a franchise player. Obviously, he doesn't have the defensive range as maybe a Correa or, you know, uh, I mean, Seager doesn't really have all that much, uh, much range. Um, but I still think if he's your franchise player and, you know, you already shipped one of them out of town. Um, let's try to start treating the superstars well. You know, they do it like with everyone. Right. Uh, they've been doing it since like since like you know, Ted Williams, uh, the fucking just mistreatment of superstars and like cornerstone franchise players. So, um, if you want to stay a shortstop, let him stay a shortstop, just get a different second baseman, a guy that will play second base, you know, that wants to play second base story. Fine. The only problem with story is like, you already have a guy that's going to, you have a bunch of guys that hit 250 and hit, you know, 35 home runs in the lineup, especially if you bring back Schwarber, you know, you got the Schwarbers, you got the Renfro's, I mean, even Kike, you know, I'm, I mean, I'd like maybe someone who gets on base a little bit more, um, maybe hits a few more doubles, things like that. Um, but I do like story. He's a good player. And, uh, yeah, just moving on to, uh, some of the other, um, you know, free agents or, uh, positions that, um, you'd like the Red Sox to fill, um, you know, bullpen wise, um, you know, who do you guys like that's out there? Um, I mean, you kind of almost have to go in looking for a closer now, yep. now that, uh, you know, it, not only did Matt Barnes lose his closer job, he lost his spot on the roster for the playoffs. So yep. that should kind of tell you, 
you know, everything that you need to know about kind of where the Red Sox back end bullpen is. Um, you know, Robles is gone, which, you know, who knows if he comes back or not. Um, so you're kind of looking for, you know, a lot of those late end guys, maybe another lefty to kind of uh, back up Josh Taylor. But uh, there's definitely going to be some moves there, probably even like three, four, maybe not yeah. five, but uh, uh, it will be a different looking bullpen. Yeah. It's got to be a focal point, obviously. You know, you so many ups and downs. Um, you know, you found guys, you lost guys, and then guys found it and then lost it. It's just you, you got to get someone who has experience. I think Glacius is a great option. Um, I mean, he again, he's like the generic first name that comes to mind. He's <laughs> probably going to be the you know the highest paid bullpen uh, free agent out there. Um, but there is a lot of options. It's actually pretty deep. I was looking at it and get a couple, get a few. You're going to need a few. If it's a closer, great. If it's a setup guy and you, you know, maybe want to make like Garrett Whitlock the closer, then I'd be open to that. I don't think, I think Garrett Whitlock would be better off in the rotation, but right. Yeah. You got to do something. Yeah. That that's a name I was going to bring up as well, uh, Garrett Willock. I know uh, Jack, you were you, you had him penciled in, um, you know, as part of the rotation this year. So, um, do you still feel that way, or do you feel like maybe he still he stays in the bullpen? Yeah, I mean, as of right now, I would definitely like to see him as a starter, at least entering in spring training, you know, have that full off season where you're able to build up that workload and, you know, be prepared just in case you needed to throw 162 plus innings throughout the season. Uh, But I feel like especially in spring, depending on what moves the Red Sox make, it might be, you know, somewhat of a a competition between him and Tanner Houck and, you know, whoever doesn't get that rotation job moves into kind of more of a back end bullpen type of role where they can pitch two, three innings if need be. So, I mean, between the two of them, you have two solid options of depth there, which are, I feel like are going to flip flop either way. So that's uh, you know, is one big help that um, I think is going to, you know, change things throughout uh, more of the season than last year, even. Yeah, I agree. I, I don't think that, I mean, if the Red Sox get two starting pitchers, right, say they get, just hypothetically, say they sign Justin Verlander and bring back Eduardo Rodriguez, right? Now you're rolling with Uvalde, Sale, Verlander, Rodriguez, and, you know, pro- uh, probably Hauk or Whitlock, but probably Hauk, realistically. I mean, he'll probably be given the the opportunity to be in the rotation immediately. Um, that kind of would force Whitlock to the bullpen anyways, which I, I don't mind. You know, I think that's fine. I think he's definitely good out of the bullpen. He's great out of the bullpen. So, um, but so how stuff probably plays well for the bullpen too. I don't know. Maybe they might end up both being a bullpen by October, 2022. You really have no idea. It's just, yeah. it, it, and you can throw Nick Bavetta in that same conversation as well, especially if you do bring two guys back, I think, what he showed he's able to do in the bullpen last year actually may have hurt him a little bit uh, in terms of, you know, future starts because now uh, Cora might see him even as a guy in the regular season, he might be able to bring out of the pen, get some spot starts here and there. So you're going to see, you know, this uh, roster and the pitching probably be even more fluid uh, than uh, last year. Yeah. 
Pavetta was a guy that I totally forgot about, honestly. So good catch. But I, he, he'll he probably be in the rotation. I, I mean, I, you got a lot of options. I, I don't know. We'll see. Oh, exactly. Um, another guy that was out there just, um, you know, going through like, you know, pitchers and all that. Obviously, Kevin Gosman's a big one. Um, Robbie Ray's a big one. Um, let's see who else. Um, there's been a, there's, there's a few, um, I don't know if any of those guys kind of strike a, um, a chord with you guys. Um, if you could see them, uh, potentially in a Red Sox uniform in, in, in 2022. Um, I just see Gosman going back to San Francisco. They're going to have money to spend. Um, I think he likes that area. I'm, I'm pretty sure he's actually from there. And I mean, I'm not sure he's going to want to return back to the AL East after, you know, a lot of times the Orioles there and it being, yeah. you know, one of the most toughest divisions offensively, especially in, in all of baseball. Uh, Robbie Ray, um, I can see that as a fit. I think another team might end up bidding more at the end of the day, which is perfectly fine. I mean, you can't be handing out, uh, you know, $200 million contracts to just everybody here. So uh, if another team ends up, you know, over, I don't want to say overbidding for him, but outbidding us at least, uh, I'm not going to lose any sleep at the end of the day. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I do like Robbie Ray. He's, um, he's, he's a very good, he's a very good pitcher and he's now had two good seasons, you know, where you're going to finish in the top 10 in Cy Young, you know, good 2017 with Arizona. Um, other than that though, I mean, I, I would have liked to see maybe a little more consistency throughout the rest of his career before I give him like $200 million, which is probably what he is going to get or close to it. Um, I think for that, I'd probably rather just go short money, short, short deal with Verlander and then kind of reassess it next year or, you know, maybe Stroman, um, a little more of an affordable option than, than Robbie Ray. And plus, again, yep. you already have your, you know, your front line left-handed starting pitcher. Plus, if Erod comes back, now you have another lefty in there. Um, you don't need three lefties in your rotation. You know, it's fine if you have it, but you don't need it. You know, two lefties, three righties, that's perfect. Um, and, uh, and yeah, I mean, I like if I were to pick one starting pitcher, I think it'd be Stroman, but Verlander is also there, you know, kind of one and one a for who I would really like them to go after. Um, now, Rodon is an interesting option if you're going to replace Rodriguez. Well, Eddie's not going to come back, and I'd like to get Rodon because similar pitchers and no draft pick uh, compensation attached. So, yeah, another name that um, might be a good replacement for Erod if he ends up signing for another team is uh, Sean Manaya. I mean. The A's are just going to be on a fire sale, just like how they have to do every few years here. So um, I don't see them, you know, costing a ridiculous amount in um, trade picks or anything. Um, but, you know, same kind of thing. You're not going to overpay for a guy like that. And then uh, two other guys uh, that were probably going to be on the trading block from Cincinnati are uh, Luis Castillo, who's. A front-end starter, just wasted on a team there. And then um, everybody's favorite former Yankee, Sonny Gray. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, I think, you know, he's been kind of fixed a little bit since then. If you look at the strikeout numbers, they're good. He doesn't walk too many guys. Uh, ERA and FIP are pretty good, too. So I could see, you know, those guys being moved somewhere, whether it's Boston or not, is going to be determined. 
but um, I don't see them staying on their teams as of, uh, you know, today. Yeah, so uh, one thing that I did want to bring up is uh, we did tweet out yesterday um, on the uh, NASP uh, Twitter. Um, who would you like to see in a Red Sox uniform in 2022? Uh, we'll be taking some suggestions and Photoshopping some. And I know uh, you had some fun with that, Jack. Um, but one of the names that did come up um, that was interesting, obviously, a former Red Sox, um, Joe Kelly um did come up you know um i know we just uh, talked about the bullpen here so um you know joe kelly is definitely an interesting name for sure yeah no sign me up i mean joe kelly great fit loves to hear champion here um you know then won a world series in 2020 with the dodgers uh, has experience pitching in the playoffs has experience uh pitching in long relief uh, in a closer role, in a setup role, and, and as a starting pitcher as well with the Boston Red Sox, mind you. Um, yeah, definitely. I mean, that's a no-brainer. He has some injury issues, so that's got to be monitored. But um, they could do like a two-year something, you know, two-year little juice in the in the pocket there. And, uh, and I think it'd work out for both him and the Red Sox. I don't see any reason why, you know, they can't get something like that done. They need bullpen. Yeah, no, I'd love to see uh, Jim B, uh, Jim Buchanan uh, back in a Red Sox <laughs> uniform here. Yeah, uh, I did play Pokemon Go with him at McCoy Stadium in 2016, so me and him are very good buddies. Um, I know he definitely remembers it, and, you know, it's something I guess I remember here. Um, but, no, I, I could see him being a good fit. Um, he even said when he hit free agency after 2018 or 2019, whenever it was that he never saw himself pitching for another team other than the Red Sox. So I'm sure he would be very open to a reunion. Um, his numbers are even better than I realized last year. He was actually, you know, a top of the line reliever. You kind of see uh, an embarrassment of riches on that with the Dodgers at times, but so he, he's going to make, you know, a team better uh, at some point this off season. Yeah. The problem with a guy like Joe Kelly for a team like the Red Sox is the Red Sox are going to make a lot of moves. And that's a move that you do like kind of at the end when you have all your ducks in a row and you know where you are in relation to, you know, the the threshold. Um, so if he's still around in maybe, you know, January or whatever, late January, early February, um, then I think it, it it becomes a little more feasible. But I don't think they're going to go out and sign Joe Kelly before they go out and get a starting pitcher, before they, you know, maybe go out and get a first baseman or, um, you know, a second baseman or, you know, another outfielder or something like that. Um, so, yeah, they I don't know. We'll see. Be interesting. I do like the gritty brings as well. Very gritty um, and a good a good locker room guy for sure. Um, uh, speaking game- of. Oh, sorry. Uh, speaking no, no, of pretty no. guys, uh, yeah. and a move that we actually did make, uh, Tim LaCastro. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, we almost, you, this is going to be a move where on like February 28th, when we have our first spring training game and he's in center field, 90% of people are going to be like, when the fuck did we get him? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I, yeah. He, he's going to be a very solid fourth outfield guy for us here. And, you know, if you're able to just get him, especially from the Yankees, just letting him go, that's just one less thing you need to worry about um, uh, long-term here. Oh, he's the fastest guy in the league. I mean, you get a guy pinch run like that. I mean, that's great. 
he's fucking wicked fast. Um, another guy that, uh, you know, some of our Twitter followers mentioned was, uh, Chris Bryant, uh, obviously former cub, former giant, um, was traded last season. So, um, yeah, Chris Bryant was another one that, uh, some people brought up. Yeah. I mean, he there, you can plug him in at a few different places. I mean, uh, you probably don't move Devers at this point. You probably give him another year or two before, you know, you might try first, you might try DH, you might even try left. So you kind of have almost a full outfield here in terms of everyday starters with Kike Verdugo and Renfro. Um, so if maybe, you know, first base, but it's, you know, kind of who's going to offer him the most money to, you know, play consistently. So, um, another guy that would be great, but I just don't see him coming here over another place. Yeah. I mean, Chris Bryant to me is like, he's like the, he's like the pink hat superstar, right? Like he's like the guy that, I mean, maybe the girls like, and maybe he kind of gets hyped up a little bit because of his world series with the Cubs. And, um, I'm not putting him down. I think he's an exceptional player, but I do believe he may be one of the more overrated players on the market, you know, free agent wise. Um, I I don't really see a fit there short of the fact that, you know, maybe he's a likable guy and right. You go like the Cubs thing and right-handed bat green monster. But realistically, I don't think you're going to spend that money on a corner infield spot. I think if you're going to get a first baseman, um, it might be via trade, like, you know, like an Olsen or, um, someone along those lines, but I don't think you're going to go out and sign a first baseman. Um, if you're going to trade, you know, Dahlbeck, maybe Duran package for someone, that's cool, but no, I'm all set on Chris Bryant. Out. Um, a guy that we did talk about, um, I just had a, uh, I was reading an, an article, um, you know, earlier today, and I just have it brought up here is um, they do have Kyle Schwarber. Um, the New York Post had just a list of uh, the top 30 uh, free agents in the in the MLB and Kyle Schwarber. Uh, his prediction was a Red Sox contract of five years at $80 million. Sign me up yesterday. Love it. Uh, I feel like he might even accept a few less years than five at maybe a little bit more money, like maybe even three years at, you know, maybe 25 a piece of so three years, 75 million. Um, so, you know, he had this great season here, but he's, he has been a little inconsistent in the past. So I'm not sure, you know, he's going to get really a super long-term type of thing. Yeah, I mean, if you're looking at it, right, J.D. got 5-110 with a couple opt-outs in there. Yep. So, I mean, the 110, that was that was low for J.D., but the opt-outs, you know, was what gave him the flexibility. He was 30 at the time. Um, Kyle's going to be 28. Well, he's 28 now. And if you can get him for, you know, four years for – I mean, dude, if you get him four years, $80 million, I think that's fine. $20 million a year, um, five eighty million. That's that's a really good team-friendly deal if you can get him for five eighty. I mean, y- you know what he's going to be. He's going to be your, your DH for years to come, and he's going to hit a lot of home runs, you know, and he's going to get on base. And really, I mean, that's a good player. So, um, and it seems like he wants to play here. He likes playing here. And he um, and he has a, a knack for definitely the big moment. And yeah. it seems like he fucking hates the Yankees. So that's just 
It's just like get all the guys that hate the Yankees. That's all I want. Joe that's, Kelly. That, that should be on the free agent application. Do you hate <laughs> yeah. the Yankees? Yes. Okay. You're you're in. <laughs> Seriously though. You know Garrett Whitlock hates the Yankees. <laughs> he does. That's confirmed. Yeah. Yep. And he hates Bronxy. Yeah. Do you hate Bronxy? Yes. Okay, we'll sign you. Is Bronxy alive? No. Okay, you're good. <laughs> it's just going to be a, 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 just a checklist. Bronxy truthers. <laughs> Are you a Bronxy truther? No, I think he's dead. Okay, here's five years, $130 million. <laughs> John Henry's personal money. <laughs> Oh shit! That that's that's a great that's a great off season strategy, I think. Yeah. <laughs> oh shit! Fuck Broxy. Yep. Yeah, and I've started drawing dead turtles at work, and I yep. gave one to uh, Matt Galveo. I yep. gave one to our boss here, who promptly ripped it up, and I kept one at my desk. So, uh, Labelle, uh, uh remind me sometime this week i will draw you a dead turtle Please. um so that way you can just uh have it in your office your little cubicle there um Please. and uh, you can remember that bronxy is forever dead yes he is dead rest in piss bronxy it's a great it, it, i have to say jack it, it was a very good drawing uh, of a turtle yeah yeah um i'm an artist it, it also had the cartoon uh, X's on the eyes, just to confirm that he is dead. <laughs> I, I should have drawn a Yankee hat, but um, that would have felt wrong at the same time, too. Yeah, Yankee hat, you know, Lakers jersey, maybe some, like, Cowboys, like, shoes or something. Yeah, uh, Duke sneakers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. Uh, the, the Tims, the Tims. The Tims, yeah. The Tims, the Tims, yeah. New Yorkers aren't real. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> at least the Giants are in first place. Yeah. <laughs> How you turn? Give me some gabagool. <laughs> yeah, the uh, Yankees think they're in on every single player, or oh, at yeah. least the fans. Dude, like they're, I, I, I saw, saw that. Yeah. I saw that tweet that you had, Jack, uh, or that you uh, quote tweeted and you replied to, um, just like spamming Yankees fans with uh, "How about Brett Gardner?" <laughs> with their uh, lineup predictions. Yeah, no, I mean they're gonna just re-sign Brett Gardner. It's gonna be like a one-year, one million dollar deal. They're gonna be like, ah, oh, he's gonna be the backup. He's essentially gonna be a coach, and then he's gonna play 115 games. <laughs> you play center field 40 times throughout the year. And then they're going to, you know, uh, sign probably like Javier Baez and he's going to be a disaster there. Yep. And, and you know, they're going to sign some other pitcher, some other, you know, big name bullpen arm that yeah. uh, is just going to underperform. And they're going to boo by March 15th. So, uh, you know, it's it's just going to be another standard Yankees offseason because they didn't change anything. They're like, hey, let's run this back. I know we're not good enough. The rest of the league is caught up to us, and yet we're still not doing anything. My uh, my my dream Yankee offseason is that they 
first off, they sign Brett Gardner, obviously, which is going to happen, obviously. And then they go out and get like Chris Taylor or someone like that. And then they trade for Sonny Gray. And that's it. And that's absolutely it. Brett Gardner, Chris Taylor, and Sonny Gray. And Yankee fans will have an absolute fucking meltdown. But it's so annoying, though, if you go on Twitter and you, like, read the tweets of the Yankee fans, they're like, if I'm Cashman, I'm signing 01 Bonds, 1927 Gehrig, Hank Aaron, uh, trading for Trout. And it's like, dude, like, you, you can't be in on all these guys. Like, half of them are dead. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. like, you got to relax. You're not getting everyone. You, they're like, Matt Olson. We want Matt Olson, Carlos Correa. Uh, Justin Verlander. It's like, dude, you like Trevor Story, like all yeah. these guys. Like, what? Dude, they're already over the luxury tax. They've been over it for a, a couple of years now. Well, it reset in 2020, but they're way over it. Um, so this is the this is the lineup. That's um, let's see, what's his name? Max Taller uh, posted. <laughs> I in, saw this. Yeah, this is the one that you yeah. The Judges Chambers, a Yankee discussion group on Facebook. This is his starting rotation and lineup for the Yankees this year. So uh, the lineup is DJ LeMahieu, Aaron Judge, Cody Bellinger, Stanton, Corey Seager, Freddie Freeman, Wilson Contreras, Matt Olson, and Trevor Story. So That's- you're not telling the full story. They had Trevor Story at designated hitter they had matt olsen at second base and they had young carlos standing in the outfield probably like in left field yeah and i don't even know who they had in center there yeah bellinger was at center yep oh bellinger yes bellinger they're trading for cody bellinger too that's gonna you know solve all their problems um but yeah no just not even if somehow they made all those moves, the guys aren't even in the right positions. <laughs> that's yeah. that's the best part about it. When you have, um, what's his face at, or uh, Trevor Story at DH, DH yeah. and then you have literally a first baseman only uh, player at second base. It's mind boggling. I, I also don't understand what it is with Yankee fans. Whenever they do like an imaginary lineup. They could have like Trout, Acuna, Mookie Betts all in the same lineup, and they still would have fucking DJ LeMayhew leading off. Mm-hmm. Like he's like this super leadoff hitter. Like, dude, he he is a like has very average speed and hits like two fifty five. Like, move on. I mean, he had one good year. One good year. It it really is time to move on. And it was a sixty game season. Yeah, it really. I mean. Dude, they think he's like the fucking second coming. Yeah, I mean, it's it's really unbelievable. He uh, hit that game tying home run, and then we just lost five minutes later. Which, by the way, the Yankees are kings of that. That Field of Dreams game this year is just the funniest thing because uh, Yankees fans were just so happy online for like 15 minutes. It was the best moment of their year just to have it be ruined instantly. They are the kings of getting it shoved in their face almost immediately. And and it's not just immediate, too. It's like sometimes it's a little bit delayed, right? It's like the judge, you know, uh, concourse, New York, New York thing at Fenway in 2018 shoved in their fucking face. Uh, and then it was the when judge hit that home run in Houston 
and uh, he did the like the buzzer celebration, like the the shirt celebration, mocking Altuve, and then Altuve hits a walk off. And then uh, this year there was another thing. Oh, it was like the um, the drop third strike, Vasquez drop third strike, yeah, Judge double, and then Stanton grand slam or whatever. And it was like, dude, Yankees fans were just fucking giving it to Red Sox fans. And then you come out and you get your doors blown off in the wild card game. Just just awesome. It's just absolutely awesome. It's like we mentioned, they just can't get out of their own way. They it's can't. Unreal. They can't. Um, and then um, their starting rotation is Garrett Cole, Robbie Ray, Justin Verlander, Luis Severino, and Jordan <laughs> Montgomery. <laughs> Oh my god! You really can't make this shit up. I mean, that is literally like 120 million dollars uh, advocated or allocated just for starting pitching payroll. That's yeah, that's more more payroll than like 25 other teams. So, oh, uh, don't worry. Um, they're gonna just trade uh, Miguel Andujar and Clint Frazier yes. for a team's best uh, talent here. Um. Yeah, I don't think that joke will ever get old. I've actually seen Yankees fans like make jokes about it now too, which really just shows what year we are on of uh, this uh, same continuous uh, shit right now. Yeah. No, the the Andujar and Frazier uh, trade proposals never fail. They do not miss. Do not miss. <laughs> Matt Olson and Sean Mania for. Um, and Duha and Frazier, they do two good players. They just haven't come into their own yet. I'm telling you. Yeah, they, it's because they don't have everyday playing time. Yeah. <laughs> Clint Frazier can't even stand up. <laughs> Matt Olson playing second base this year. Yeah. <laughs> Trevor Story DH. Yeah. <laughs> Hitting but, ninth in the lineup. Yep. But DJ LeMay, you still leading off. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Brent Gardner, second. Yep. <laughs> the Brent Gardner thing will never not be funny. No. It's just I, un- in five years, like, after he's retired and everything, I will still be like, oh, yeah, the Yankees are signing Brent Gardner on a one-year deal. <laughs> 1.5 million. Dude, that's like, that's yeah. Job. That's like, Jack, didn't you, uh, you had on Twitter, I think you tweeted at somebody who had, like, Oh, in in 2035, like the Yankees lineup will still include yeah, Brett Gardner. That that was on Baseball America. In yeah, the- and I so I commented like, "Oh no, Brett Gardner, fake news." And I probably had half a dozen Yankees fans being like, "No, I don't see them bringing him back. He's like a little older." And I'm like, "No, uh, he's the only player there with veteran experience. He knows how to win." Uh, Judge and Stan have never won anything in their life, <laughs> and so yeah. you need you need that leadership of Brett Gardner. As a lifelong Yankee fan and someone who's been uh, watching the team for thirty four years, bring back Boone, Cashman, and Gardner. That's the key to success. You hear me? You hear me, Hal? <laughs> They're bring calling back double- Gardner. <laughs> They're calling. Uh... WFAN. Yeah. <laughs> On the drive home. Francesa. Dude, and, and you know what's so funny is they're they're just like bizarre creatures, really. 
they are in on every superstar in the freaking in in the MLB, and then they get upset about Andrew Velasquez uh, getting DFA'd or, or getting waived, and someone picking him up. Like, dude, the guy's like he's a nobody. Uh, I mean, he plugged in for a couple of games because he's from the Bronx. Like, people are like all upset that they got rid of him. And it's he's like a dude, hometown relax. kid. Yeah. yeah. Like, dude, relax. Like, you're you're gonna be fine. You're gonna get Matt Olson, um, <laughs> Sean Story. Yeah, Trevor Story. Blake Kershaw. Yeah. Cody Bellinger. <laughs> Randy Johnson in his prime. Yeah. <laughs> I know it didn't. Clemens. I know Randy didn't work out first time around, but second time. Second time around, it's gonna work. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> um. Yeah, I mean, um, I know we're hitting the uh, the fifty minute mark here, but um, yeah, I don't know if you you uh, guys had any other um, things to throw out there as far as free agents go, and um, you know anybody that's on the market. Well, I mean, if you want to go around, say, I guess, what yeah. would your what would your dream off season be if you could have it, you know, your way without being too unrealistic, right? Um, and then, yeah, I mean, that's. That's that's pretty much it. We can wrap it up. I mean, there's a lot to talk about in the coming, you know, weeks and months because things are going to start to happen. I think I would say get uh, Schwarber back, um, get a starting pitcher. I'm not really too picky on who, just someone who can eat innings and maybe, you know, pitch pretty well. Rodon, Stroman, Verlander, anyone like that is completely fine. Um, I would also like... Um, I would say for a position player, I think I would like them to go after, fuck it, Carlos Correa. Go big. Go get Carlos Correa, and that'd be awesome. I think it's realistic, but who knows? And then you need some bullpen pitchers, too. Yeah, so, I mean, I'm pretty much in a similar boat. I would love for Kyle Schwarber, Kyle Schwarber to come back. Um, you know, if he doesn't, I think they're still in a good position. They'll bring somebody to fill in that hole. Um, I think they'll be in, you know, on not, you know, an ace, but like a number three guy, kind of like mentioned, like a Luis um, a Castillo or a Justin Verlander or somebody like that. And then I could see them getting, you know, kind of a little bit more of a back end guy, maybe, you know, a name that you didn't expect uh, the Red Sox to sign and then might end up being good or, uh, um, and then, you know, I think really the two guys for the middle infield that um, I think are just most likely, you know, obviously would be great to have uh, Carlos Correa here. Um, I think, you know, another team might outbid us for him. Uh, but you know, Marcus Semyon, Trevor Story, I'd love to see one of those two guys there. Um, and then other than that, yeah, just bullpen. You never can have too many arms. And uh, uh, but honestly, you know, just keep that depth that you have now. You don't need to trade Cassis. You don't need to even trade D- Jeter Downs or anybody else like that. You you kind of you know ride that ship right now. For sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'd say, um, obviously for pitching, I like, uh, you know, either Stroman or Verlander would be, would be great to have, um, you know, obviously for, uh, somebody in the lineup, a position player. Um, I, I agree with you, Jack. I do like Trevor story a lot. Um, that'd be great to have him in the lineup. Um, obviously here at Fenway, um, Kyle Schwarber, definitely for sure. Um, and then adding some bullpen help. Um, fuck it. Bring back Joe Kelly, man. 
Um, I'm down for that. Add that oh, yeah. grit. Add that grit. Um, right. But then, yeah, obviously just adding depth pieces where, where need be. Um, and I think obviously they're, the team's in a good position. Um, you know, made it all the way to the ALCS. I think if you make those additions with starters and, you know, add some bullpen help and, you know, maybe try to get a position player like a Story or a Simeon or, uh, like you said, LeBeau, even maybe try to go after a Correa. Um, you know, I think they'll be in a very, very good position going into 2022. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I agree. Even if you don't get, a, a you know, all-star position player, someone that can hit the ball really well, maybe even if, if it is a, like a Chris Taylor, uh, someone that can play second base every day, move in the outfield when you need them, play shortstop, play a little third base, um, and you bring back Schwarber, I think your lineup will be plenty good enough um, for 162 games and into the playoffs to contend for a World Series, for sure. As yep. long as you get yep. some pitching, you know. Exactly. Exactly. So, uh, yeah, we'll be back, obviously, uh, you know, every week throughout the off season here, um, touching on different topics. Obviously, as we get more news with free agent signings, uh, ops, opt-ins, um, you know, uh, qualifying offer acceptance, um, all that kind of good stuff, um, you know, as we get deeper into the off season, we'll be touching base on all of that. Um, and, uh, yeah, going forward here, looking forward to, uh, February, obviously when spring training starts, but, uh, another good one here. That's episode five. So, uh, we're five deep here, boys. Nice. OBJ to the Patriots. Yep. Yep. Uh, OBJ for uh, center field. Yeah. OBJ, OBJ to, to the, the Pats. Yankees. OBJ to the Yankees. Yankee fans have already <laughs> penciled OBJ in o- their OBJ's in the lineup with uh, Ballinger and Story and Maddles and uh, LeBron James for first base. <laughs> yeah, o- owner player. Hey, LeBron. hear me out. I all I'm saying is I think it's possible. LBJ over at first. He's got a good arm. He he could be a useful piece. Go yes. bomb it. That's an unreal Tony Soprano impression. I don't know if that's where you were going with, no, but that's, that's not, what it sounded like. I, I have a Tony I can whip out, but that's for another day. That's All right. Good night. Day. Peace. All right. Peace. Fuck Bronxy. Fuck Bronxy. I just came to say goodbye.